Joe Show. Hey, this is Ro. And this is Joe. We discuss the gray area, the black and white of things. Today's podcast will be about the invisible tension that exists between black and white women, which I struggle understanding because I've never had too many issues, but I hear a lot about them. So uh, for our listening audience, I'm Ro and I'm black. I'm Joe and I'm white. And about a year or so ago, and just, you know, being out, chilling, having drinks and conversation, we right. decided that we wanted to bring what we were discussing in private um, to a public platform. And what better way than a podcast? Right. You know, <clears throat> and we want feedback. Right. We want people's shared experiences. Exactly. Because we kind of want to offer, like, a platform where people can listen and maybe help them understand, like you know, different perspectives of different things so they could be more understanding with each other. Exactly. In in their daily lives. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, the white perspective, they can say, Oh, hey, I get it. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. That's right. our point. And, and maybe from the black perspective, we can kind of chillax a little bit and not be so um, defensive in our blackness. And help us get it. Right. Help us get it. Like, so if they recognize something, just... Try not to get mad and cut them off. Just say, yeah, look, like this isn't, you know. Try a little tenderness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try. I mean, it's just, that's all we got to do with everybody in our daily. We try, you know. We try. Right, right. But, yeah, so we've been friends for like three, four years now. Yes. It seemed to happen pretty, pretty easy. Yeah, it was seamless. Yeah. We had no issues. No, not really. Um, met in a work environment. Right. Right. So, and I think for adult, that's where you meet people. That's where you meet people, right. Or through, like, if you're married, through social circles, but that's usually through marriage. Because even if you graduate and have an alumni or something, normally you grow apart and you might see each other once in a while, but in general. So, I guess when it start, when we're talking about, like, black and white women being friends, what I've been reading, two words come to mind, white privilege. Ooh. That seems to be the common theme in what I've been reading, you know, because, you know, I have to do some research on the topic. And white privilege is an offset of white supremacy. Um, and for those of you who are not aware of what white supremacy is, it is the belief that white people are superior to those of all other races, especially the black race, and should therefore dominate society. Now, is this in Webster's? I have a point for asking this question. It's actually defined in a dictionary. It is actually defined in a dictionary. Which yes. makes it real. Which makes it real. Which makes it real. Right. Yeah, we're not bullshitting on this podcast. Right, I'm just saying. Because, you know, some people, like, well, obviously white people, still, like, may not completely grasp the reality of, white of, the, of these kind of things. So, white supremacy. So I didn't understand the difference between white supremacy and white privilege. There's a little bit of a difference, but you can't have white privilege without white supremacy, right? Correct. Right. Because of the construct. To our uh, listening audience, construct is my favorite word. We'll hear it all the time. All the time. It's just a system. It is. It's and a most of our systems are set us set us up for failure, I swear. Pretty much. At least government ones. 
and, and since, judicial. And then since we're talking about the black and white of things or the gray area, most black people would say that the system of white supremacy is set up for black people to fail. Right. Right. Like they almost want to keep us divided. Definitely. Do you think white people as a whole still want that? Or you think it's just a subconscious thing that they don't recognize so they don't see it? You know, the interesting thing is that today being called racist is like the equivalent of being called a nigger. Like white people don't like being called racist. Yeah, you're right. Like you're black right. people don't like being called a nigger. Right. Or, you know, take the ER off and, you know, add a little spice. But even, even a white person who even hangs out with a lot of black people can't just be walking around and be like, yo, what up, nigga? Yeah. Right. So I said it. Ro, she did it. Yeah. Back up off. Joe didn't say it. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. So in doing some research, we looked up, or I looked up, um some statistics now these are old statistics uh based on an article uh from the greater good magazine uh uc berkeley um elizabeth page Gould from 2004 which basically um you know this isn't verbatim but the long and short of it is yeah. is that in the 70s and 80s uh, black and white relationships were more prevalent and then in the 90s, they kind of waned and blacks became more cliquish with their own. So going back to then, then it's like backtracking, going back to like segregation. I wonder what happened. So brought us together, hippies, what brought them together? Was it the Vietnam War? Was it all the marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like seriously, was it? I think the Vietnam War set off the hippies. Well, you know what? It's the commonality of fighting a war that, um, you know, that that we didn't believe in. We didn't believe in the Vietnam War. We didn't believe that we should be over there doing whatever we were doing to those people, you know, and please, those people, doesn't mean that I'm racist <laughs> against the Vietnamese. I'm right. just saying in general. It's funny how you got to watch your words, though, right? Right, because in the society people, today, what people? right, everybody's so sensitive. Everybody's You're so lady. sensitive. Woo! Oh, no, it wasn't her. It was the other one. Anyway, but yeah, everybody is so sensitive. Right. So I was just reading as to... So I came across an article where a white girl had a, a black friend. So mm -hmm. the black girlfriend, she was... I think she does some articles on... I think it's called Bustle on Instagram. And anyway, I guess she was posting her Instagram page about, you know, white girls or white people in general about friendships. I'm not quite sure the exact extent. And the white girl asked her, you know, what could I do to be a better white girlfriend? Mm -hmm. And some of her responses, even for me, like, are questionable. Like, the lemonade song. She didn't want white people to talk about the lemonade song. Mm -hmm. And why can't white people discuss lemonade? Because is Beyonce not like a cross-genre artists does she not want to appeal to to the masses which means all of us and lemonade in my perspective that particular song is about cheating and i think all women could relate and maybe because she says something about uh maybe, becky, maybe. becky with the good hair that we get it and twisted. that wasn't in the words but maybe oh maybe you're right was oh, that not okay becky with the good hair yeah so that's obvious. But the, is Lemonade a song or is Lemonade the record? Like the whole album? Well, I've Googled Lemonade the lyrics and it came up with the lyrics. 
Oh. So is Lemonade the name of the song, or is, yeah, is she talking about the whole album? Because what's the what what is the song? What is Lemonade about? I thought it was about taking, you know, screwed up situations, turning turning messy, making lemonade out of lemons. You know, pretty much mm. taking a bad situation and making it a good situation. Right. Yeah, because even her husband's mom made a speech about, you know, turning lemons into lemonade. But the most important thing she said, which was her number one, was acknowledge your privilege. And I mean, even myself, like, remember, like, our first, like, our first conversation about this, like, I said, it's hard for me. Like, I know that there's white privilege. That I'll never argue. I get it. I wholeheartedly believe that there's white privilege. Mm -hmm. I totally, totally get it. Oh, can I? Me, myself. <laughs> Go, Go ahead. ahead, interject. No, 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 no. I just want to um, um, talk about an instance where I seen your white privilege at work. Right, right. That, yeah, we were talking about that because I didn't, don't owe... You know, I think it's hard for white girls. I mean, maybe I don't. I don't know that what we're not even talking about white man. That's another. That's another podcast for another day. But I think what some white girls may not understand their privilege all the time. They might just think it's because they're cute or they're pretty or whatever the thing is. I don't. I don't really know. Right. I just know sometimes I don't. So uh, for our listening yeah, audience, you, um, you recognized yes. my. White privilege. Right. So we're at our job, and <laughs> Joe decides she's going to tell the manager that she's quitting. <laughs> and the manager says to her, what did she say to you? She said no. Like, she didn't want me to quit. Right. And so if my black ass would have gone in there and said, I'm quitting, I'm 100% certain she would have said, you know, when? Or you can leave now. You don't have to work your two weeks. You think she really would have said oh, that? Oh, totally. I totally, totally know she would have said that. Right. See, and that, but that's, so that's the common theme. So as black women, you just want to have relationships with white women that kind of understand that. Even though I don't understand it, I don't think I act upon it. And if I don't understand it, I'll just be honest and be like, I don't understand it. Right. So maybe if just more people are just more honest with what they don't understand, and just have it pointed out. Like, it doesn't upset me that you pointed it out. I mean, I get, and then once you point it out, I get it. Right. I mean, I definitely get it. Like, the police incident with the woman. So let's go back to um, that article I read with Dr. Amanda Kemp. She wrote an article in the rub called White Women, Black Women. She was mad because her friend was stopped by the police and got a ticket. Mm -hmm. And at first, her friend was so upset she got a ticket. And she wasn't upset with that. She understood they were both financially, like insecure at the time so they they had problems but then she realized that she was more upset that she didn't get out of that ticket ticket because of her whiteness of she couldn't cry her way out of it she couldn't be cute her way out of it you know what i mean so she realized that it was her white privilege that she was like holding on to that th she thought she was going to get out of that ticket and the black woman got mad at her and like pretty much ghosted her as a friend because i'm gonna quote her she said i don't expect to be treated as the embodiment of innocence Everywhere around me are implicit messages that I am guilty. I deal every day with the presumption that I'm bad. So that's how she felt. And sadly, that white girl, her friend, probably made her feel like that even more by her acting that way. So, I mean, have you ever felt that way? Well, yes, um, in, a, in a different circumstance, mm -hmm. but it's happened often in that um, having conversations in a professional or personal setting with my white friends, 
you know, I'm just chit-chatting, topic of conversation, and I interject my feelings on that conversation or that specific subject, and, you know, I get, oh, my God, you're so smart. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, but, and I'm not supposed to be smart. Um, and so for me, that just lets me know that what are you thinking about me outside of who I am that makes you think that I shouldn't be able to articulate myself in this manner? Like, yeah, you, we're having a conversation, right? So am I not supposed to be able to say what I feel and you not understand what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, so you so you assume they feel that way because I'm black. black. Right. right. Now, right. is that an incorrect assumption? I don't think so, simply because of the way that they say it. Oh, my God, you're so smart. I mean, I don't have those conversations with my black friends. Like, my black girlfriend, girl, you're so damn smart. What? Not yet. <laughs> it's just a thing. We're yeah, having a conversation. conversation. No one points out that you're smart. Right. Right. Unless I get it. they're white. Right. Oh. Right. So, I mean, so I guess in now that I hear that, so I guess I understand where if you ran across. So, me being, me telling that story about my boss saying about with like my story about that you pointed out my privilege that irritates you in any way it doesn't irritate me but it does bring me back to the sense that okay i'm black you know th this wouldn't happen to me right because i'm black it does that irritate me i guess in a sense in the sense of it's unfair. It's more of an it's an equality thing. It's it's unfair. Like, right? Yeah. It just points out the unfairness. It, it just, just reminds you of white privilege. Exactly. But you know, and I only because we're having the conversation now. Because at the time that I think white privilege, no, I just thought, yeah, okay. Well, you did. Oh, well, yeah, well, I guess did. I you did. You just didn't express it because, you know, we weren't really talking about this, so there was no right. reason for you to right. express it. Right. But I guess with that said, that makes it more understandable where a black woman could just be easier because, first of all, A, you're not reminded of white privilege all the time. Because if you're talking to a white girl about the situation, sometimes you're going to be reminded and it could be frustrating. Right. And then what was my second point? I don't know, but, like, I don't want this podcast to be, like, a bash the white woman type of situation. No, no, I'm just, well, we want white women to recognize it, and we want black women to recognize how you could just kind of, like, because, I mean, it's not an everyday conversation. Right. You know, so, I mean, it's not every day I remind you of white privilege, is it? <laughs> Damn it! No, it's not every day, but then that's the friendship aspect of our relationship, because as friends... I don't see you as a white woman. I see you as my friend. Right. You know, and so right. I can talk to you about whatever the hell is bothering me. I can talk to you. And I know that there's no judgment. I'm just right. dumping on you because you're my girl. Right. And the reverse, you know, you dump on me because she understands and there's no judgment. Right. Which is where you want to be in a friendship. Like, you don't want to see the black and white of things. You, you want the camaraderie of the humanistic side of things. Which I think is what that documentary was, Killer Mike. He just wants people to talk about it. Just feel more free to uncomfortable to talk about it. So basically we're talking about it, so we want other people to feel free to talk about it. Right. If you need help talking about it, 
you know, let us know, but it's just a matter of talking about it, talking it out. Maybe. And I think with, with uh, since we're interjecting Killer Mike, I think that he has, you know, I know that he he wants more for our people. Right. You know, he wants more for black people so that we can get out of the state of mind of oppression and we can get out of the fact that we, oh, we have to, and I hate to use the term blame, but blame white people for where we are because... You know, in any situation where there are two people, there are two perspectives, and thus, you know, what did you do in this situation to make it this way, and what did I do in the situation to make it that way? And so Black people have to be accountable for their actions, too. So have we been lazy? You know, are we just okay with the system the way that it is? Uh, Are we complacent in the fact that it's, you know, pretty much this is the way it is. You know, and we can go into boycotting things because right now there's a boycott against A, B, C, D, and E, you know, and even within the community, the black community, there is an argument about, well, the boycott is only going to be for so long and blah, 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 blah. So even within us trying to be strong or trying to get our rights, we still have a slave mentality. Like, we still have the mentality that the slave masters embedded in us, which is to be against each other. Mm -hmm. Like, if I tear apart your family, then, you know, that's ingrained in us from way back when. Is that making, like, does this... No, it makes sense. I've had these conversations you know, with my daughter. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah, you are. It, and it's true. It kind of goes to the, like, like with my grandsons was talking about the books because I want to teach him black history and the truth, the true black history. And I want to teach him in such a way, but I don't want to teach him in such a way that the older he gets, every morning he wakes up, he feels oppressed. Like right. I said about my weight, like I know that I need to lose weight, but if I woke up every day and someone's like, you're fat and you lose weight. Like it's gonna weight make me make you right make almost make me want to eat more. Exactly even, because you know, it's just, psychological. Yeah, like right. it, it weighs heavier on your heart. So if every day someone's saying you can't do something, then you're gonna think that and it's just gonna get worse. So, I mean, I don't know when does it stop, and I don't I don't know because but then I'm not black. So. Right, but then conversations like this is where we begin. You know, but it has to be more than conversation because a lot of us get caught up in the conversation and then there's nothing beyond the conversation. Right. So the fact that you and I have a friendship, which I feel will be a lifelong friendship, that then creates what, what we're trying to establish here is that although there is the black and white of things, when you come into the gray area that allows you to open up to just human, being human. Like, I don't, you know, if you needed a blood transfusion and I'm O positive and you're O positive and I can give you you this shit. Right. Right. I don't think people think beyond that shit. Like They don't. And I mean, people treat dogs better than they treat humans. And that's even beyond the black and white thing. Like, that's just in general. Right. People will do way more for their dogs than they'll do for their neighbors. Or even their children. 
And they're right, and their dogs can't do shit for them. But other than, I love my dog; he gives me companionship. But right. I mean, he can't give me a blood transfusion, or she. But I'm just saying, <laughs> right? So I mean, it's 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 messy, but that's what brings us to the podcast. So I mean, any other points that you want to make as far as like what white women can do? Well, I think or uh, recognize being empathetic. Um, being empathetic. I think empathy is huge. And I think the more that a person is empathetic, the the more they're able to relate to someone else's plight. You know, um, we, we all have biases, black people, white people, Asian people. We all have biases, and these biases are ingrained in us because we learn it from the people who raise us. And right. we have to question those biases. Like, is this right? Right. Does this make sense? And in the big picture, you know, how does this impact my children, my children's children? Because really, in the world that we live in today, I mean, minus climate change, because it seems like that's the shit that's going to take us all out. Right. <laughs> But you know, it's race going to be black people. I don't know. Yeah, but people. racism is a close. It's a close fucking second because if there's a race war and you know that shit is scary. That's scary. That is scary. If you know, I mean, what race would it be? Like black people against white people? Course, Where would all the other in races the age fall of in? Four or five. Who do you think Asians would side with? Indians would side with? Mexicans would side with? Well, I hate to say this, but I don't because I'm gonna state a fact: is that black people are the most hated race of people on the planet by all races. You know, we are the 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 muck we are the yuck we are the the mud on the bottom of the shoe like we are not held to a high esteem as a people by any race mm-hmm. and not even ourselves i mean unless you go over to africa where they fucking get it but if, if a black person has been oppressed in any way shape form or fashion then we don't love ourselves and Others don't love us. That's just uh, the black and white of it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like sounds so terrible. Sounds so terrible. It is terrible. Yes, yeah, so we need to put an end. <laughs> How do we? I, I know that we and you just can't put an end to it all, but I mean, some people gotta wake up. Yeah, and, and I, even that you, but you don't feel like you're one. You're just saying in general. Right, in general. I mean, I'm right. raising. I've raised children and. I want, I've raised my children to be proud of who they are. Um, yeah. Be proud and and stand tall in who you are and don't back down from that. I mean, it's a shame that you have to do that, but as a mom, I've had to do that. Right. You know, and especially with, you know, I have a seven-year-old child, son. Right. And in today's age, you know, he has an affirmation, and I tell him, you know, all of these good things. I mean, but all parents should do that. Like, all parents should raise their children so that they know, let me plug, won't you be Won't you be my neighbor? Because that Mr. Rogers documentary is the shit. I never watched it. Oh, my God, it's so good. But all children should be raised to know that they are special just because they're here. Right. Not for any other reason than that. 
just because you're here, just because you've been born onto the planet, you are special. Yeah, because you made it out of, like, how many? Exactly. Hundreds of millions of sperm. We made it. Dare I say, nigga, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Again? Again. <laughs> so, I don't know. Men don't seem to have these problems with friendships. So I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem like. Uh, I don't think, I don't think that's a true statement. I don't think that's a true statement at all. I meant friendships. Not in, I'm not talking about the whole race in general. Uh, I'm talking about friendships with like white guys so from a white do they even think about it they uh, give two shits i don't know i don't know but for me women are just harder in general to each other which brings me back to the woman's march that was on her list too your woman's march isn't mine it's not mine either right talked about that like it's not mine either i'm not really all about these women marches because in you need to march for a woman every single day like your friend your neighbor your coworker, and we don't do that. Right. Women don't do that. You'll have friends at work, and as soon as you, as soon as they get promoted, they won't talk to you. Or if the, it comes up to sticking off you, or, or someone will mess with your boyfriend or your husband. Like, Ugh. you can't give a compliment. There's so many things that women don't do for each other that they could. So that big old march for abortion and stuff that's irrelevant in everyday life, like, right? I don't, I, I it's get, not my march either. I so get what you're I don't saying. Know. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so a, as a white woman, you know, I even, I feel like even in this forum what that we have, it's almost like, ugh, do I really ask her this? But as a white woman, what do you think could foster better relationships between black and white women? Just everything we've been talking about. Just, like, if you have white friends that, like, let's just say you're a pretty, like, cool-ass white chick like myself. Boom! <laughs> and you don't, and you have, like, you meet other white women that you can kind of tell aren't very, like, dare I say cultured, or, mm-hmm. like, they seem like they may have never, like, hung out with black people or whatever, because mm-hmm. I've had some of them. Like, I had a, a met a white, older, an older white lady. I think she was late 40s, early 50s. I can't remember her exact age. But she was from Pennsylvania. She wasn't from Georgia. And she... By the way, we live in Atlanta. We yeah, live in Georgia. Anyway, so we were hanging out one time, and she had a friend coming over. It was a friend by her husband's... Her husband's best friend married... Um, a black woman. Mm-hmm. So the black girl was coming to her house and she said, um, she simply said, yeah, she's pretty for a black girl. And I had to tell her, like, I was like, that's racist, you know? I was like, you know, that's kind of uh. like me saying your daughter's pretty for a lesbian. Like, so, I mean, you don't say, like, because so, oh, my daughter's no. black. So, I mean, like, how they, mind you, me and her aren't friends anymore, but not because of that. Not because of that. We just, just stopped. She just, we just basically just stopped talking. I don't, right. There was really no reason. We'd have a fight. And she kind of listened to what I had to say. And she kind of was like, yeah. And there was another white girl there. But they kind of were looked... They kind of looked like the audacity of me saying it. Mm. More so than the audacity that she even said it. Right. So I had... It was more audacity of me to bring it to her attention. But I just think little things like that needs... That's her waking her up to think, okay, that's subconscious racism right there. So I just think talking about it more. But is... So a person or people like who you just mentioned, are they even open to the idea of being open? 
or do they? I don't think they care. I don't think they cared. I don't think they cared. That's an honest answer. So, I mean, what can if, if you care and you wonder and you're curious, it's just little things like that. Yeah. You know, totally. and, you know, just if you want to have like there's friends that because what was it? What were we watching that some people say they're like afraid to approach like black women or try to be their friends so they don't feel connected. I mean, just try. Right. And I mean, what 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 could it hurt? It won't hurt. I Probably, mean, I mean, if what's going to happen, if if, but if, if anything, like if a said. black woman is open because, you know, to call black women out. Sometimes we can be so staunch in our need to be right about you don't understand me or our need to prove the point of white privilege that we miss the point. Like, you you can't miss the point because you're trying to prove a point. And a lot of times that happens. Right. That's a communication issue. And, you know, 90% of communication is listening, but a lot of people don't understand that. You know, they just don't do it. I want to be heard, so you listen to me, and then nothing's heard because yeah, everybody's talking. Right, exactly. So I bet I guess for me it's just basically like understanding, understanding like why, like they may, like if they think oh black girls have an attitude, just think about like maybe why they might have an attitude. Right. Like maybe why, or you know, or just who cares if they have an attitude. And some black women can tone down that attitude. Like it's not always necessary. Um, and I'm just saying from a general stereotypical right. point of view of right. like what people say. I mean, I don't necessarily think all black women have an attitude. But I have an attitude, too. So, I mean, we all have attitudes. <laughs> this is true. So, it's just really, it's you know, white women have attitudes. Oh, I, mean, I we know. We worked around a lot. Of, you know, you work in healthcare and work around these women. And, I mean, they have attitudes. I know. I mean, white women can be just straight up bitches. Like, they can just, like, they'll ignore you. Like, you'll talk to them. I've been ignored. So, I mean, they can be just as nasty. Right. But, I guess, what do you say? They're white, they're right. When you're white, you're right. Right. So, I don't know. <laughs> not necessarily. Yeah, not all the time. Right. Um, so, we're going to wrap this podcast up by pretty much, uh, from the role perspective, be empathetic, um, understand that we all have biases, do some self-analysis, you know, right. check yourself. What are your biases and how are these biases impacting how you relate to people of a different race on a daily basis? Right. Don't touch black girl's hair. Don't touch my hair. <laughs> that was in the one, that was in the one article too, like don't touch their hair. And don't gather so much information from social media. Although social right. media has their pros and cons, but Lord have mercy. Don't let that be the end all be all no. of where you gather your knowledge. So yeah. next week's topic will be what did we say? Cultural, oh. cultural appropriation. This will be fun. This will be really fun. Yeah. We're coming for your asses, Kardashians. Oh, they're always in trouble. Shit, they are the end all be all it all of cultural. Can white can um black people appropriate culture? I mean, don't we though, with our wigs and our weaves and our blonde hair? I don't know, because we'll talk about it next week. Until then, people. <laughs> this Holla. is Ro. <laughs> this is Joe. <laughs> Holla! <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs>